All right, so the question of the day. Remember, throughout the summer, uh, we are trying to talk through and answer some of the big questions that have been submitted about life, about God, about the relationship between the two. I don't know who submitted this question, but it's a question that uh, is very much, I think, uh, in our social consciousness right now, especially within the church as we see everything that's going on and we say, oh my goodness, this is crazy. What does the next step look like? So today's question that has been submitted is, are we in the end times? Are we in the end times? And the premise of this question is that scripture kind of outlines there are a number of different times uh, throughout eternity, right? There is the beginning time when everything is right. Everything was, was perfect, right? When man was able to dwell fully with God. We don't know too much about that time. There's just a couple of chapters about it in the book of Genesis. Then the rest of Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation to 2018, talks about this next period of time, which isn't so great, where there is some very real pain, where there is some very real loss, where there has been some dumb decisions made that hurt people desperately over thousands of years. The scripture talks about has been the, the restoration when all is made right, all is made well. So when we're talking about the end times, what we're asking is, are we coming to the close of the second season, which has been really, really tough, where God, where Jesus will return and take us into this next time when all is right and all is well again? The question is, are we in the end Times And I think it's a very pertinent question to ask. And I think we're asking it more and more because life just seems so out of control right now. Sometimes that happens in our personal life. There are a lot of people whose personal life just seems to be spinning out of control. But as a society, if we kind of look at a macro view, things are getting a little bit crazy around the world. Things are happening that we don't have a solution to. And so as the church, people who are filled with this living hope, we wonder, is this the end times when Jesus is going to come and rescue us from this mess that could well implode on itself? The question today is, are we in the end times. Now, there is a sub-question to this that I don't want to touch because it's just too hard, and honestly, I just don't know the answer to. The sub-question has to do with what the end times will look like. And honestly, for thousands of years, people have been trying to figure that out. And I think there's only one thing that we can be certain of when it comes to figuring out what the end times are going to look like. And the only thing we're certain of is that we're not certain about what that's going to look like, right? So the question today that I want to answer and provide some explanation to is a little bit easier than that. 
And if we can answer this question well, the what will the end times look like, that kind of takes care of itself and becomes less important, right? Are we in the end times? I think through reading the scripture and through reading the newspaper and to see the correlation between the two, we have to answer, I hope so. I really hope that we are in the end times because there are challenges that if they're going to get much worse, we're all going to be in much greater trouble. So I want to explain why I hope we're in the last times from some words that Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you've got your Bible here, turn to that. If you've got your iPhone or, or whatever you use for your Bible, turn to that. But we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I think he gives us three pillars that we need to stand on as we answer this question, are we in the end times? This is what Paul says. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, in the end times, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel. They will hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They're the kind of people who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such men are forever following the teachings, but they're able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth. Just as Janez and Jambres opposed Moses, they have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. They won't get away with this for long. Someday... Everyone rec will recognize what fools they are, just as with Janez and Jambres. The first thing that Paul says about the last days is that one of the ways that we can know the last days are upon us are because things are getting really difficult. Jesus said in the book of Revelation to John, he said, behold, I am coming soon. And that word soon has become a word of hope for the church. And as Paul is writing to Timothy, he's doing so in the same vein. He knows that he's going to die soon. And there are a lot of people who are thinking Jesus was going to come back before he died. And so Paul is trying here to define 
what soon will look like. Helping people to understand the promise that Jesus gave when he said, I am coming soon. The problem with the word soon is that it doesn't have much definition around it, does it? There are times when Tracy will remind me to do something around the house, and I say, I will get to it soon. I I am very, very clear on my intention. I will do it. I want to do it. But because there is no parameter around soon, it is open to interpretation about what soon means. I'm sure you've all seen that little thing that's going... um, Goes around social media every now and again. If a husband says he'll get something done soon, he doesn't need reminding every six months, right? Because he will do it. He'll just do it soon. And soon is an undefined word. Jesus says, I am coming soon. But as Jesus speaks that word, it is the ascended Jesus who says that. And he is speaking from heaven where there is eternity. Again, we don't know much about eternity, but if soon is vague for us here, soon is even more vague in light of eternity, right? Jesus says, behold, I am coming soon. Paul says to Timothy, in the last days, one of the ways that we can define soon is when things get really tough. I think what Paul is saying to Timothy, this young man that is mentoring, is saying, Timothy, it is good for you to believe, especially when things get tough, that we are in the last days. Because this idea that Jesus is coming soon, this idea that the bad, tough times that we're going through will soon come to an end is something that gives us incredible hope. I believe it is incredibly helpful for us to believe that we're in the last days because it gives us hope. It, it adds a, an urgency to our faith. It adds an importance to our faith. It adds a vibrancy to our faith if we know that soon the struggle is going to be over and soon Jesus is going to rescue us from all this stuff. Now, now I don't mean it gives us uh, kind of hope in terms of, um, you know, the bumper sticker. You say, hey, look, busy Jesus is coming soon, right? This isn't about us um, trying to impress Jesus. This is about us trying to find hope. If we believe that we're in the end times, hope must become more real to us. One of the things I think that Paul is saying to Timothy is that we need to believe that we're in the end times because it changes the way that we live. Many of you have heard the country song, I'm sure, by Tim McGraw, Live Like You Were Dying. You know that song? I went skydiving, I went. You know that one? Rocky Mountain climbing. Was it 3.7 seconds? 
on a bull named Fu Manchu, Fu Manchu, right? And he talks about, you know what, Doug? I know you do. I know you want to break out in song. Not your version. No, my version. You don't know that one. <laughs> Paul's saying, when we believe that we're in the end times, and when we have this hope, we start to live like we're dying. And when we start to live like we're dying, it changes everything. We start to zero in on what matters most. Our perspective changes. Our priorities get realigned. You know, Kathy's not not here um, today. She's with her her family. But it was an incredible uh, honor and fascinating journey to walk through death with her husband, Greg. And, and to talk with him on the phone and to see and to visit with him and to see how his priorities were changing as a man for whom the clock was ticking, right? When we know that we're dying, everything changes, right? That's Maria's story, right? The last four years of her life, so incredibly courageous. She said, hey, there's a clock that's ticking. I want to make the most of what's left. And she did. Paul Paul is saying to Timothy, it would behoove you to believe that we're in the end times. Because when we know that there's an end date, we start to live differently. We start to live better. We start to give ourselves to that which is most important. So I think there's great value in understanding that we're living in the end times. We have to believe that we're living in the end times because it focuses us and it changes us and it makes hope real. A second reason that I hope that we're living in the end times is that one of the changes that that this hope brings to our perspective is that it helps us to understand what's happening in the world more. These next few verses, verses 2 to about 9, should really be unsettling to us. Not because they're in Scripture and they're not very pleasant, but because they're happening in our world and we're loving, living them. Right? We believe the end times because it brings us hope, but we We think that we're in times because it helps us to understand and process what's happening in the world. These are some of the things that he says that are happening. First of all, he talks about a misdirected love. He says, in the end times, there will be a misdirected love. For people will only love themselves and their money. You know, God gives us his love, and there are three directions that we're supposed to, 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 to push it out. One, to him. Secondly, to others. And then, then, then thirdly, to ourselves. It's not wrong to love ourselves. But the problem, Paul says, is that people are loving themselves at the expense of loving others and at the expense of loving God. And that's turning this love not from a river into a reservoir, right? And we start seeing people who are loving only themselves. And when that happens, 
we can understand that we're perhaps in the end times. We live in, in a world where the primary use of love is for a selfish end, right? That, that, that's evident. We see it all over the place. Ultimately, that kind of love, if that's the focus of our love, that will implode on ourselves. There was a, there was a poster um, growing up in uh, uh, granddad's house on my dad's side. And the, the poster said it was above the toilet. It said, the love in your heart wasn't put there to stay. Love isn't love until you give it away. And when we hold on to this, this love in a very selfish way, that love starts to become something other than love. It, it, it dissolves, it melts, right? It's like on the, uh, the Infinity Wars, you know, when they just start to dissolve away. That's what happens when we're kind of consumed with a love for ourselves. That was like the only Infinity War reference I could ever give because all I know about the movie, right, that they dissolve at the end, right? But that's what, what happens. Is that a spoiler? Yes. You guys haven't seen that yet? Yeah, that's one of the possible endings. Yeah. Don't worry, if you missed it, you didn't miss much. I've seen it. <laughs> because in, in these last, last days, people will love only them, themselves. This love will, this love will fade. It'll become so incredibly selfish. You know, we understand that we're in the last days because everybody is like focusing on themselves, right? When we're consumed with our wants, with our rights, with our stuff, with what's best for me, we can understand that we're in the last days. He goes on. To the proudful and boasting at God, disobedient to their parents. And, and then he kind of jumps into all these uns. He said they will be uh, ungrateful and unloving and unforgiving and unself-controlling, undisciplined. Another sign of the end times is that we're living in the uns. Have you noticed that our society and our conversation seems to have this default bent as to why not, as to, to why things are going to go wrong? We, we default to the negative rather than the positive. I think one of the things that Paul is saying is a mark of the end times is when the word un becomes the primary prefix for our words. And that's part of our society today. On the flip side of that, living for Christ means that we, we strike out the uns, that we undo the uns. He goes on to talk about people who have a form of godliness, but without the power. It's the third mark he's giving of of what the end times will look like. So, so we have people who have a form of godliness, but without the power. What that means is that there will be a bunch of people who are doing the right things and they're saying the right things, but they don't have the power behind it. They will be making religion secular. 
You know what we call these people? Nice people, right? They, they do the right things. They look very pleasant. They look very calming, but there's nothing behind them. We have to be very, very careful with nice people, I think, is one of the things that Paul is saying to Timothy. In fact, I think he's saying that, that in the end days, there will be lots of nice people rather than, than good people, and certainly rather than God-honoring people. I would just caution you to be very careful around nice people, around people who act one way on the outside, even if it's really nice, but aren't like that on the inside. They have a form of religion, but without the power. What this niceness does, unfortunately, is it inoculates people against the goodness of God, right? Not, niceness isn't bad, but it's empty. Niceness can fool us. Niceness keeps people from God. If a church was full of only nice people, which many of our churches are today, that's probably not the church for you. We don't need to run towards nice people, people who look one way on the outside but not on the inside. Paul is saying that's a, that's a, that's a mark of the end times when there are people that are living hypocritically. He goes on to talk about some other ways that we can um, understand the last days. He says when people are abusing vulnerable women, that's a mark of the end times. The story there was that in this society, women weren't very educated. They didn't know too much about uh, religious practice. And there were some false teachers who would come in and manipulate these ladies. Paul's saying that whenever you're manipulating the vulnerable, that's a sign of the end times. Finally, the thing he says is says there are people who, who oppose the truth because they have lost their moral compass. One of the things that concerns me most about our society at the moment is that we are having some huge, huge ethical conversations but we're having the conversations without a moral grounding, right? We're trying to figure out really significant issues that have really big implications without a moral compass, and that's scary. But Paul says in the last days, in the last days, that will happen. I hope we're in the last days. One, because it helps us to have hope if we believe we are. I think we're in the last days because as I understand these warnings that Paul is talking about, all of them are so very real in our society today. But the big question, and this is what Paul touches upon to end with, is don't just believe that we're in the end times. Don't just understand that we're in the end times. But the real challenge is to live like we're in the end times because when we live differently, everything changes. This is what he says, but you, Timothy, 
You know what I teach. You know how I live. You know what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love and endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of this. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus will be persecuted. But you need, verse 14, to remain faithful. Don't just believe we're in the end times. Don't just understand we're in the end times. But live like we're in the end times. You know, it's been a tough few weeks um, to be an Orlando City fan, right? Last night, nine games in a row. They've lost. After game six, we thought we'd hit rock bottom. And the coach thought, as it turned out correctly, that he was in his end times as a coach. So we started texting back and forth. It's really hard to to know what to say in those moments. And he said, it feels so difficult when you only, when, when you feel you've only been judged on wins and losses. I wish there was a way for the bigger picture to matter more. And again, that's true for coaching sometimes. But how much more is it true to the lives that we live? So I wrote back, I said, I agree, and for what it's worth, what you're doing and the way you're doing everything but the results matters to me, and and you're winning at it. I said, the bigger picture that you're winning at matters to those who matter to you. He said, there it is. I need to remember the only ones whose opinions that I should be worrying about are the people that matter to me. Paul is saying the same thing about how we should live because we're in the end times. We should only do things that matter to the one who matters to us. What does that look like? It means we're living with purpose. It means that that we're wearing patience. It means that we're extending love. It means that we're choosing to endure and not to quit. It means that we're remaining faithful. We believe that we're in the end times because that makes hope real. We understand that we're in the end times because there is a correlation between what was happening here and what's happening now. We live like we're in the end times by doing only what matters to the one who matters most to us. How do we get there? Paul wraps it up in verse 14, and I'll wrap up with this too. He says, but you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. You know that they are true, for you know that you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes through trusting in Christ. 
All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects what is wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for good work. We believe we're in the end times because that gives us hope. We understand we're in the end times because what's happening here is what's happening here. We live the end times by doing that which matters most. And Paul says there are two things. First of all, that we read the Holy Scriptures. Why? Because that tells us the story. Because that makes sense of things. You know, every one of these difficult questions we've been asking, the answer is in Scripture. There is not an, a difficult question you could ask that Scripture does not have an answer to in one way or another, right? If, if we want to live like we're in the end times, we got to read this book. This is my, my preaching Bible. This isn't the Bible that I use every day, but this has been my preaching Bible for about 10 years now, and it's fallen apart. D.L. Moody says the Bible that's falling apart is normally read by someone who's not. And when things are tough, and when we realize that we're living in the end times, man, we need to, we need to be reading from Bibles that are falling apart because we're spending so much time there. Because that's how we figure out what matters most to the one who matters most. Paul says we figure out what matters most by, by reading the scriptures and and secondly, he wraps up by saying, hey, you've you got to be faithful. You've you got to be faithful to what God is asking and to, to what God is, is saying. You've got to become in these last days more and more clear on who Jesus is. You know, again, I, I try to study society and, and, and to read culture, and I'm involved in lots of cultural causes. But it doesn't take long to see that whatever the social issue is in our world, the church stewards the answer to it because Jesus is the answer. We got this immigration mess going on right now. What's the answer? It's what Jesus teaches us about loving one another. We got wars and rumors of wars, another sign of of the end times, what's the answer? It's, it's Jesus, because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. There's not a social issue that's going on that Jesus doesn't offer the answer to. In a very real way, we have a living hope in Jesus. We believe we're living in the end times because of the hope it gives us. We understand we're living in the end times because of the correlation between this and today. But the challenge where the water hits the road is are we living as if we're in the end times? Spending time in God's word, receiving from this, this river of life. Are we letting it draw close to Jesus so that we can bring his answer, his hope, to this world that is living in these last days. I want to close with a quote that I, I, I found last night just before I went to bed from Henry Nouwen, who was, a, who was a Catholic priest. And I share it to encourage you in 
these last days as we consider how to live. This is what he says. In a world so torn apart by rivalry, anger, and hatred, we have the privileged vocation to be living signs of a love that can bridge all divisions and heal all wounds. The question was, are we in the end days? I think so. Do I know when that day will be? I don't, and it doesn't matter. Do I know how that will come? I don't, and it doesn't really matter. But believing in the end times makes hope real. It helps us to live like we're dying. If we understand we're in the end times, because what's happening in our newspaper is matching up with what's happening, what Scripture says will happen. But the challenge is to live knowing we're in the end times, focusing on what matters, reading God's Word to find out what's matter so that we can draw close to the one who matters. Let's pray. Lord, that's such a great question that somebody asked. And there's so many more questions around it that we don't know how to answer. But it makes sense that we're living in the end times. It makes sense that we would believe so, so that we can live differently and with great hope. It makes sense because what you said would happen in Scripture is rampant in our world. And so we ask that you would help us to live like we're in the end times. Prioritizing only that which really matters. Spending time in your word that its truth can shape us and that it can point us to you, the one who is our living hope. Jesus, we thank you that you are the answer not just to our questions, but that you are the answer to our causes. Help us to give ourselves fully to the things that matter to you. And we pray, along with the writers of your scripture, that you would come quickly. that you would come into all of our stuff, all of our circumstances, and all of our situations. We ask and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.